0: You know there's been some unfortunate circumstances that happen but I think in a career when you face a challenge or a roadblock find your allies you find your mentors you get advice you regroup and you seek what you need to do well at the work that you're doing and you find ways to make that um, the best possible situation that you can and if you can't then you pick up and take your talents elsewhere. Everyone, it's Marcy Bullock. Welcome back to season three of Wolfpack Career Chats, the anchor season. A Ambition N Networking C Compassion H Health, both mental and physical, O Organization, and R Resilient. Enjoy the pod.
1: Hi everyone. Welcome to Pat Career Chats. My name is Teresa Sturkey. I am currently pursuing my bachelor's degree in psychology here at NC State. And today I have Dr. Elon Hope with me. Hi, Dr. Hope. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't we just go ahead and jump right in. Tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. So my name is Dr. Elon Hope. I am an associate
0: professor here at NC State in the Department of Psychology. I am a professor, so I teach, I do research, and I also participate in national and university service to the field of psychology. Awesome.
1: Thank you. And how did you first become interested in working in research?
0: I first got interested in research when I was an undergrad. So I went to Smith College, which is a small um, women's college in Northampton, Massachusetts. And I there I was really I actually started off as an engineering major, so I knew I wanted to solve problems I liked figuring out answers to questions and as a black woman, I went into engineering Everyone said you're really good at math. You should do engineering. It's not a lot of black women You'll get all the jobs and you'll use some skills you have but engineering really wasn't my jam um, I wasn't a huge fan of that type of problem solving. And so I did some research, talked to some professors, and ended up switching to psychology, where now I answer questions about the nature of people. Who are we and why do we do the things we do?
1: Wow, I actually didn't know that you had a background in engineering. I thought you always were in psychology. So that's very interesting to hear. Um, could you tell us more about your background in psychology research? Like how many years you've been in the field? And what made you decide to pursue research full time?
0: Yeah, so um, I had to think about that for a second today. I've been doing psychology research for about 15 years. So I started my sophomore year of college. So I just switched from engineering straight into psychology. I dove in and I began working on projects with professors. And I liked it. I liked getting into the data, I liked asking survey questions, uh, I liked doing the analyses and thinking of. You know, what are things in the field that we don't know yet about human behavior? And so from there, I applied to graduate school and I kept doing research and kept loving it. So then I did a postdoc in research at the University of Chicago and came here to NC State to be a professor and continue doing my own research and training the next generation of scholars in psychology and psychological science.
1: I love to hear that. It's a great story. Um, Could you tell us more about your research interests and what you are currently working on researching right now?
0: Yes. So broadly speaking, I look at how young people throughout adolescence and young adulthood um, experience racism and understand race. And so this includes things like their identity. How do they identify racially? How do they come to those identity? What's part Of that? What does it mean to them? And also, how do they experience the world as it stands, which unfortunately we operate in a system of racism? And so, what does that mean for young people? When do they come to understand the world this way? What does it mean for them and their decisions for their mental health, for their physical health, um, for their experiences in schools, and even for their experiences in the community? You know, we're all supposed to be part of this democracy where we participate as citizens and as members of a community. And so what do experiences of racism do to that experience? Does it motivate us to be a part of decision-making and change? Does it make us a little ambivalent about the system? Does our experiences with racism, how does that impact our lives, especially in developmental periods like adolescence and emerging adulthood, where we're really just trying to figure out our place in the world. Um, We're deciding our own philosophies of life, not necessarily rooted in what we've grown up with, sometimes connected to, but not necessarily. Right. So that's kind of the broad stuff that I study. And um, within that. Yeah. So I have always too many projects going on, so many brilliant ideas. Um, Students come to me with these amazing ideas and so we pursue them but right now a couple of projects that are really exciting is one i'm working with some colleagues at UCLA and we're writing a book we're writing a book about the experiences of change makers and so we're defining change makers broadly as um adolescents who are part of their community and are a part of making changes in their local community so this might be in their schools. This might be in their family systems and their local community systems. But so we basically ask them, what are the things they're doing and why do they do them? Why do they decide to make positive impact on the people around them? And so we're looking into factors like the summer of 2020. How did that impact these young teenagers? Um, we're asking them about their family systems, about the history of their own community. You know, some of us come from communities where there's vibrant histories of social change and activism. And so what does that mean when that's part of your legacy and part of who you identify as? So that's one project. It's a completely qualitative project. So that means um, no numbers, words. So we did interviews with them and are really combing through their stories to find out the similarities across stories, find out where some of the differences are and what some of these patterns and their experiences are Um, in change making. The other project that we're working on that I'm really excited about is a project that ties back to my roots in engineering. So I'm actually working with some engineers and we're studying and examining um, factors that keep people in and out of graduate engineering programs. So engineering is a discipline that is notoriously white and male. It is uh, been a harder discipline to crack, so to speak, in terms of inclusion, um, of women in particular and of people of color, men, women, non-binary people of color as well. And so another qualitative project. Well, actually that project is mixed methods. It's both qualitative and quantitative. So interviews and surveys, but now we are in the interview phase and we just interviewed about 20 students. To find out their um, paths in and out of engineering and what different factors pull them in and help them feel like an engineer and help them succeed in their goals of graduate education and engineering. But also, what factors push people out? Um, Are there structural and systemic things about engineering education that are not conducive to everyone having equal opportunities to do well.
1: Wow, those both sound like really interesting projects and I'm excited to hear about them more when they come out. Um, It sounds like you have a lot on your plate right now. So how do you balance your time with your different projects and how do you prioritize your work?
0: Yes, excellent question. How do I balance it all? I think the first thing to consider, one thing I like to do every week is take a look at my week. What's coming up? What's due? What's a priority, what's important, and what's urgent? And so sometimes in the ideal world, some tasks are all three. They're the priority, they're urgent, and they're important. You can easily tag those as the things you need to make sure you get done first. Other times, things are a priority for me, but no one else. There's no no urgency beyond myself. Sometimes there's urgency from other people, but it is not a priority for me. And so just looking at my time, recognizing when I have meetings, when I have open space, and really making sure I build in structures to do the tasks that are required. So I have writing times every week where I just sit and write. A big part of research is sharing that research with others. And so if I don't have time to write it, I don't have time for anyone else to know anything who we're doing in our lab. I also schedule time specifically for no meetings. This is catch-up time. I got to go through the emails. I got to check in with students. I have to make sure I prep to teach. And so I have to have blocks in my schedule that are specifically not available. I think that's one of the biggest tips that I would share with you all that I learned is that just because it's open in your calendar does not mean it's free time. And so you making sure that those open blocks are not always filled up, particularly by other people's demands on your time.
1: I love that answer because I'm honestly always super busy and booked and I struggle with finding some, taking some time to myself. Um, out of all the projects that you've done and worked on and researched, what would you consider to be your best paper work and why?
0: This is an excellent question. Um, My first thought is, well, it has to be something that's won an award, right? Other people think that's great. Um, And I've had a few papers that have won awards, but I think the best work is always yet to come. That's the cool thing about a research career, that you're always pushing the frontier of knowledge. You're always considering what else don't we know? What else makes this story more complete? How else can we understand the circumstance or the situation? And so I think my best work is probably sitting in the drafts right now. I hope it's sitting in the drafts right now. And is are the things I'm continuing to think about. If we think about most impactful work so far, um, it would have to be one of my theory papers. You know, we do a lot of empirical studies in psychology, but I've had the opportunity to write um, a couple of different theory papers that I think have helped push how other people are thinking about particular issues. One, I wrote about um, belonging, which is a psychological construct. I wrote this with um, Dr. DeLeon Gray here at NC State, Dr. Christy Bird here at NC State, and a colleague of ours, Javon Matthews, who's at the University of Michigan. And we pushed the boundaries on psychological thinking about belonging. And it shifted the narrative a little bit in the field about how we think about and measure what it means to belong, especially in school context. And that paper, I'm really proud of as well, because Um, teachers ask about it. Principals ask about it, right? People who are actually in schools want to know about this. So that means it doesn't just matter to academics or to researchers. It matters to people who actually work with kids in schools. And another paper similarly where I got to theorize about civic engagement and what that means as a way to adapt and cope with negative life circumstances. And that's a theory paper that pushed how we think about civic engagement for youth. So those, I think, are are some pretty cool papers, but I'm hopeful that I still have some really better stuff from collaborations, from learning from students, from learning from my research. I hope there's more to say.
1: I really like that viewpoint that you said the best work um, is still to come. I really like that what would you say your favorite aspect um, of the research is and what do you enjoy most about your career?
0: I love the students. I really love the energy y'all bring. I love training future researchers. I like to think I'm pretty smart sometimes. I like to think I sometimes have some cool ideas, but I'm only me and I'm only one viewpoint and only one perspective. And what's super exciting is helping future researchers learn how to do research. And honestly, also helping future of insert other careers learn about research, even if it means it re- they realize they don't want to be the ones doing it. And so I really like that part of the job, um, writing papers with students, doing analyses with students. Um Seeing the light bulbs click when folks get something and understand a concept or a theory or a technique to use, uh, that's really fun for me. Other than that, I am a, a math nerd. I like the stats of it all. And um, even though I do teach qualitative methods and I do like interviewing and the words and the stories, I also like the flexibility in the numbers. And just running analyses for hours and hours
1: sometimes. I like it. What challenges have you had to overcome in your career? So many, all of them. Um,
0: Being a Black woman in the academy is not an easy task. To be honest, I'm pretty sure being a Black woman in any field where there's not a lot of Black women is not an easy task. On top of that, I entered a developmental phase of my own life at the same time that my professional career was rising, um, motherhood. And so add that on top of the demands of a system that was set up and put in place by a bunch of white men who typically had wives at home and all they had to worry about was going to work and doing their work. And that's not quite how society works for a lot of other people um particularly today for me i think some of the biggest challenges have been pushing against the norms relentlessly and being passionate and consistent about my well-being about being treated well and about justice and fairness in in my field it's not always easy but it's better with each generation that comes and so you know, there's been some unfortunate circumstances that happen, um, But I think in a career, when you face a challenge or a roadblock, you find your allies, you find your mentors, you get advice, you regroup. And you seek what you need to do well at the work that you're doing and you find ways to make that um, the best possible situation that you can. And if you can't, then you pick up and take your talents elsewhere, right? Um, And remember that it's a job, it's work, and you can do great work in a lot of different ways in space.
1: I love that answer. And it sounds like you've handled your challenges um, very gracefully. So I appreciate that. What advice would you give to someone who's considering working in the research field?
0: That's an excellent question. I think my primary advice for someone who wants to be a researcher is to get experience doing research. Um, Seek out professors who may do 499s or theses or have research projects going on. And this is beyond psychology. This is in any area of research that you might want to do. And I would also recommend being well-read. Uh often our research questions can be informed by life happening around us. And so I said, well, read quite broadly, like almost in like a trivia kind of way, right? Knowing different things about the world, especially from perspectives that aren't part of your normal everyday comings and goings, but learning about history learning about other cultures and experiences, learning about um, just the nuances of the world in kind of low-key ways, I think, can help inform just your thinking. Practice being a critical thinker. Um, Practice thinking about who's telling the story, what's their motivation, and what other rationale could there be for particular problems and solutions um that's part of research i say often that you know i'm a researcher so i research in every facet of my life and so kind of practicing that right like i look at the menu before i go somewhere that's research right putting research in your in your everyday experience um and keeping that curiosity flowing. I think every good researcher is
1: just curious. We have questions we want and we want answers. I think that is great advice and any students that are aspiring to go to the research field will really appreciate hearing that from you. My final question for you is something that we ask almost every guest on Pat Career Chats. So I'm excited to hear your answer. In 2040, what advice would you give to yourself at this age?
0: This is an existential question.
1: Okay. In 2040,
0: I would probably look back at my 2022 self and say, slow down. I think that especially in a research kind of academic space, you know, from high school, it's go to college. From college, it's go to grad school or, oh my gosh, I got to get a job. But especially you stay in school, you're like, okay, grad school. What's the next degree I can get? Okay, I, I've got the degree. What's the next goal? Tenure, right? But I think I tell myself, slow down, live a little, close the laptop, take a break, um, get out, enjoy. I remind myself that I'm surviving a whole pandemic and to really seek out the joy in life.
1: I absolutely love that answer because I definitely struggle with, I'm always thinking about the next thing and I can never like slow down and appreciate the moment that I'm in. So I'm sure a lot of other students will find your experience and advice really helpful. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.